Baltimore is at Tennessee. Baltimore is a road favorite. I, I'm, I don't know with Lamar because he basically is great against bad teams and he struggles against good teams, right? That's We've right. now seen the pattern. Um, so the question I have, though, is Tennessee's defense a good team? I don't think it is. I think this is going to be a shootout. I can't wait for this game. But if I could talk to my bosses here, can we flex out the Steelers-Browns playoff game now on Sunday night and flex in Tennessee-Baltimore? This is the best game of the weekend. This is the hardest one. because This is the one place where you feel like ESPN has this. Right, where the road team is the favorite. Boy, ESPN, they usually get the crap game. Don't they? They do. So they, they do. Actually, but this they is actually get a good one. This is I think do. It's the best game of the of the weekend. For some reason, Mike Rabel has a terrible defense. I mean, just horrendous. And he's a defensive guy, and he knows yeah, what yeah. he's doing. What the hell is that? This is the Stone on Air Radio Show. What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame, and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Like Well, hello everybody. Welcome in. It is finally Friday. Feels just like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday for me recently. The um, the old South Park line, old school, old school South Park, and the kids' parents are wanting them to ha- the parents to hang out more. Stan and uh, Kenny's dad, Randy, and I can't remember Kenny's dad's name. But they go out fishing or something, and they have nothing in common. One's dirt poor, poor white trash, and the other's middle class. And it's something about, oh, aren't the weekends great? And Kenny's dad says, when you're unemployed, the weekends are meaningless. <laughs> and that's um, kind of how I feel the last 10 days or so. I have virtually not left the house whatsoever. This is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. And the somewhat for-profit venture known as a stone-on-air radio show in a spliced pod simulcast for the 8th of January, 2021. What a hell of a week it has been, and I have shifted gears very, very fast on the fly. I'll tell you more about that here in just a couple of minutes. Um, I'll go ahead and lay out the uh, second and third segment of the show. I'm here with you Monday through Friday, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays from 10 until 11. In the middle segment, I predicted a lot of things that have just happened here recently, kind of. And um, you should listen to me more often because I am good at predicting the future in some situations. And I'll prove that in the second segment of the show, along with read a small piece from a uh, writer uh, in, in rhetoric that I really like about uh, the, the outgoing administration and uh, Don Trump himself. And in the final segment of the show... Yes, another case of adult children with no self-control online. We have been in the world of social media being real life now for quite some time, and stupid-ass adults just still can't get it. And UTC has lost a uh, football coach over it. 
And I'm not shedding too much of a tear for this uh, guy. He hadn't been around all that long. He's a low-level coach to begin with. He'll get another job. But another case of just people cannot control themselves. And that has been the case certainly this week with all the contention of the election and the, you know, the, the mess on Wednesday, which I'll talk about in some degree, but not as much as I was planning on it because it's been now going on uh, almost two days since that happened at the U.S. Capitol. Now, I didn't have a radio show yesterday, so I'll be, I'll be kind of going back into that a little bit. But Don Trump himself has thrown in a big curveball into my plans for today. More on that in just a second. So my name is Brian Stone, and I finally got my test back. I tested positive for COVID-19 just the other day. And, I mean, that's the least surprising thing that's happened this week. I've been considerably sick for over a week or going on right at a week. It's been very mild the last three or four days. I'm still feeling a little bit tonight. Um, I can't tell if some of it's just lethargic. I'm just lethargic from sitting around doing nothing in cold-ass January. That some of that for sure. But about a week ago, I had, sev- now I won't call them severe, but very noticeable and obvious COVID-19 symptoms, and then it took several days to finally get a uh, a test that was conclusive, and I did I did test positive. But I am I'm on my way out of it. I'm fine. I'm feeling good. I'm recording all these from the house for the podcast simulcast and the radio station Nuga Radio 92.7, which I think I've just now finally told you what it is that you're listening to. So it's kind of hard to stay right on top of things when I've got about a 10 hour turnaround before the show airs on the radio. When you're listening to it on a podcast, it doesn't matter. So if you miss any portion of the show and you want to hear it, Stone on Air, search it out all in one word, and you will find it. But I have a lot of audio for you today, which anybody who listens to the podcast regularly knows I love playing with audio. It makes for a fun show, at least for me to do. I hope it makes for a fun show for you to listen to. And I just had to scrap about half of it. I had so much stuff from the last day and a half that I was going to roll with that some of it, I guess, would be closer to older news because Don Trump just did a complete 180 on us and officially conceded the presidency just last night through Twitter, via Twitter. And it was the most tempered, calm, and respectful version of Don Trump that we've maybe seen in four years. I'm sure there's a time or two where something serious was going on where he was equally respectful. But even when in, in his most respectful moments, he's still bombastically um, self-aggrandizing type, no matter what. like He just never stops. He cannot help himself. He has no self-control, generally speaking, when it comes to uh, talking about how wonderful he is, no matter what's going on. And he he really impressed me with his his quick speech last night, which I'm going to play pieces of here in just a minute. And really, actually, more like in just a couple of seconds, I do have the three normal pieces of audio I put together. I have what I'm calling, where is it, the most dangerous thing, the scariest thing, and the wins the internet Thing. I got to move quick so I can make sure and get it all in here on Nuga Radio 92.7, the Stone on Air Radio Show Pod Simulcast on January 8th, 2021. So we'll start with the beginning. This is the entirety of his um, of his statement last night. I, uh, I'll cut it up and I've got it cut up into four four pieces and I'll uh, have a little commentary in between each. This is last night. Don Trump conceding the 2020 presidential election. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard 
and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. A little bit better of a tone than, uh, go home, everybody, we love you. A little bit different tone there. And just so you know, uh, this is the second time I've heard this. I just pulled this a few minutes ago, cut it up real fast, and just listen to it the one time in in uh, in its entirety. So it's kind of commenting on in real time. A uh, little bit of questions as to whether he immediately deployed the National Guard and who actually did or didn't. Not real sure in that case. But of the tall tales he's told in the past, that's one I'm not exactly worried about. This is Donald J. Trump continuing from last night. We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. I can't argue with that. I'm always for reform. Laws regularly need to be reformed to keep up with the eras, the generations, the times that we live in. I'm totally for that. And the healing and all this kind of talk. Where does this stuff come from? Why couldn't he get out of his own way and act even a small percentage of like this through majority of his presidency? And we might not be to the point that we are at now, this is New Radio 92.7 and the Stone on Air radio show pod simulcast with Don Trump from last night. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. I'm not sure if the threat of the 25th Amendment of the amount of people that have just been scathing towards him since Wednesday has had him and his handlers change his tone and his direction completely. It's hard to think that that would bother him that much, but maybe the tarnished legacy was beginning to to be, be realized by him and not lost on him. I don't know, but where has this guy been for four years? The final clip I have of Don Trump last night. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Now I'm just cynical enough to believe that that last line right there is telling you everything you need to know. It's only just begun. 
it's just getting started. Um, so that was Don Trump from last night. Hey, man, I'm down with it. I'm good. I'm moving on. I'm done with this mess. I'm done with it. I'll talk more about the uh, Capitol building and the attack um, in the second segment of the show. i got to go quickly here as I've got three more pieces of audio for you. This is the most dangerous thing founded on TikTok, and it's not at all what you're thinking about. The most dangerous thing that might have come out of the uh, attacks on the Capitol building on Wednesday. You know what's even more disturbing than the mob of militia cosplayers that broke into the Capitol today? The vote that Congress is taking right now is supposed to be a routine formality. It's not supposed to be high-stakes political theater. It's not supposed to preempt f***ing jeopardy. I'm supposed to be watching Alex Trebek right now, not Ted Cruz's baby beard. Now, all the commentators are saying, oh, don't worry, they can't overturn the election because the Democrats control the House. But what if they didn't? What if next presidential election, the party that loses also controls both houses of Congress? Huh, kind of sounds like in that case, we'd be at risk of a free and fair election being overturned by one political party just because they didn't like the outcome. And that sounds bad. I don't care whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or you wrote in Bart Simpson. You should be scared by this growing trend of basic functions of our democracy, from confirming a judge to completing an election being an opportunity for political parties to hold the entire government hostage unless they get their way. Because it is getting worse. And if we don't all start fighting it, democracy is f- That is an interesting thought that they actually do have the power to overturn the votes of the American people. They actually do have the power to do it. They just don't. That's another thing that we've realized in a lot of portions of government. There's a lot of just traditions that like this is just what we do. And Don Trump has exposed a lot of those and saying this is not exactly what we have to do. It's just something worth thinking about. I'm calling today's worst idea this one right here. Dear Senate, these are some tips in case you ever find yourself with another active shooter on the premises. Number one, barricade the doors with chairs and desks. It makes it harder for them to get in. And if they ever wedge their gun in, they can't really aim at anyone specifically. Number two, turn off all the lights and stay very, very quiet and hope they just skip your door and go into another room. And number three, if they do end up getting in your room, remember to run in a zigzag. It makes it harder for them to get you. Now, four, when they start firing, get on the floor and pretend like you're dead so they don't waste any bullets on you. Okay, now you just survived an active shooter. Congrats. Remember to meet at the lawn in your designated lines so we know you've survived. Now, I really, really hope this helped. Sincerely, every member of the American student body. It's scary because it's true. The final one I have for you today in this segment, it's Wins the Internet Thing on Nougat Radio 92.7 and the Stone on Air Radio Show Podcast Simulcast. Are you guys watching the news right now? This literally feels like the series finale of Trump. It's almost Shakespearean. Feels like real life Game of Thrones. Think about it. He's turning on his longtime ally, Mike Pence. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I cannot do that. I do not have that authority. Well, Mike, you know, that is... That is very unfortunate. I trusted you, Mikey. I trusted you to do the right thing, to be brave, and you couldn't be brave. I'm sorry that to end this way. Even Donald Trump's son is turning against the protesters. Well, you know, Don Jr. is a very unoriginal guy. Couldn't even get his own name. He's a bully. He's always been a bully. To cry like a little baby every time he didn't get his way. Boo hoo hoo. So forget him. He's a loser. Loser, Don Jr. We're going to win, and we're going to win. Quite quickly. They can't stop me. No one's gonna stop me. China! Big bug! 
Uh, it's so good. TikTok, you can always count on it. It's the only social media worth wasting your time on. More on that in the final segment of the show. This is the Stone on Air Radio Show on Nuka Radio 92.7. Coming up next, I predicted a couple of things, and y'all should start listening to me more. This is the Stone on Air Pod Simulcast on Nuka Radio 92.7. Hang tight. I'll be right back. Spirit Halloween. You're listening to the Stone on Air Radio Show on Nuka Radio 92.7. The votes for President of the United States are as follows. Joseph R. Biden, Jr. of the state of Delaware, has received 306 votes. Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida has received 232 votes. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for Vice President of the United States is 538. Within that whole number, a majority is 270. The votes for Vice President of the United States are as follows. Kamala D. Harris of the state of California, has received 306 votes. Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana has received 232 votes. The announcement of the state of the vote by the President of the Senate shall be deemed a sufficient declaration of the persons elected President and Vice President of the United States. It's time to get going. I got no way of knowing. The grass is growing. It's time to get going. This is Nuga Radio 92.7 and the Stone on Air pod simulcast. Download it. If you want to hear it again or if you missed it in its entirety. My, my emotions have changed over the last like half hour. With Trump coming out and finally being presidential and respectful with a temperament that we've been screaming for for four years. It's like years of resentment is almost washed away. And and part of it was is I've already kind of washed it away anyway. Uh, this has been a done deal for anybody who wants to pay any amount of attention to anything for quite some time now. And we just didn't know exactly how things were going to go. And I guess it took the heinous situation at the Capitol building the other day to finally cement this into the to the next direction page it is turning time to get going time to move on and i guess the handlers and trump himself have finally realized they have to shift gears and do something else but when it comes to what happened on wednesday i told you so i told you so i didn't tell you exactly so but what did i tell you what did I tell you? What have I been telling you for, I don't know, half a year? Certainly the last couple of months through the podcast and occasionally on the radio show. What did I tell you? I told you something was going to happen. Something bad was brewing. I could feel it. I could feel it in a sixth sense. I knew it. But anybody who was paying attention to anything and not worried about that exact moment, whatever that today's headline that didn't hardly matter, if you really just sat back and looked at the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that difficult to expect something like Wednesday to happen if I thought it was going to be even worse. This TikTok from Stephen Colbert said it perfectly. Republicans who supported this president, especially the ones in the joint session of Congress today, have you had enough? 
After five years of coddling this president's fascist rhetoric, guess whose followers want to burn down the Reichstag? Because today, the U.S. Capitol was overrun for the first time since 1814, and a woman died. Who could have seen this coming? Everyone, even dummies like me. This is the most shocking, most tragic, least surprising thing I've ever seen. He says it perfect. The most shocking and tragic, least surprising thing he's ever seen. And it's it's exactly my, my thoughts as well. Why? How can I say that now? Because this was sometime in the last year on my podcast. I was very, very concerned, but I just wasn't sure about what. We're setting a precedent for the next 10, 20 years on what we do and don't find acceptable. I'm just beginning to feel like there's a chance something that we're not used to, something that's unprecedented is going to happen. I don't know what that is. Leadership, uh, words, precedents, what you say. A lot of people are listen, listening. A lot of impressionable people are listening. I am just worried that something is going to happen that is unprecedented and it's going to be awful. And we're all, it's going to be a national situation of mourning of some the kind, something. I just, I don't know what it is. And I am genuinely scared about it. And I guarantee you there was somebody listening to that podcast. Somebody's shaking their head saying, Jesus, Brian, overly dramatic Brian over there just trying to make something bigger out of nothing. No, it was, the writing was all there. Everything was starting to head to a boil. I don't remember when that was, but it was all in the last year. And certainly leading up towards the election, which I have one more clip that I pulled from another podcast. It might have been, I talked about it on the radio too. I can't remember, I wake up every day and I can't remember what I said on the radio or what I said on the podcast or what I said to my best friend. Like it, they all kind of blend together. I don't, my life is not too much different in real life than it is on the radio or in the podcast. Some might find that pretty annoying. I bet many probably actually do find that pretty annoying. Here's that other clip I have from my podcast. This was shortly after that 17-year-old kid with the assault rifle terrifyingly walking down the street after he had killed a couple of people after demonstrations, riots, and protesting in Kenosha, I believe it was. This kid's just walking down the street. He just, she just murdered people in the road. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. And it's being, it's, it's, it's being uh, almost encouraged by some, and it's going to get worse. And worse. And now strapping and, and hitting the road and jumping in your truck with your Trump flag hanging out the back is, like, fashionable? Oh, my God. And then a lie a day, a new video fake every day? I'm really, really, really worried. I'm, I'm dead ass serious. This is not hyperbole. I am really, really concerned about the rest of this year. November to January very well could be some of the most dangerous times of modern America. Hopefully, I am wrong on that. Hopefully, it's just one of the dangerous times in modern America. And hopefully, this newfound, however long it lasts, we'll see respectful nature and presidential temperament that we have all of a sudden gotten from Don Trump in the last 24 hours will work towards mending some of that. Now, we got a long way to go and a lot of uh, scarred up, shattered wounds that need to be healed between the uh, the extremes of both sides of the parties and, and, the, and the overall contentious unrest that is still there. A clip from Twitter for two and a half minutes isn't going to change that. It's helping me out a lot. I'm feeling much better about things today, but I like to think I am a reasonable, rational thinking person, not somebody who has no self-control and can't 
can't stop screaming on social media. More on that subject on the final segment of today's show on Nuga Radio 92.7, the Stone On Air radio show pod simulcast, as I am recording from my home here on January 8th, 2021. Now, two more things as I was looking back and just trying to, uh, to pick out some of my uh, predictions that came true. And I'm not very good at predicting the future. I'm, I'm being a little bit pompously kind of uh, arrogant. I, but I, I pretty much called that one, and I was one of the first people on the radio. I forgot about this until I was pulling old archived audio. I'd say I'm the only one in the city of Chattanooga who predicted more than once that Donald Trump would be their, our next president. This was in the spring of 2016. I know it was in the spring because that's usually when I would do fill-in over at the other radio station on the other side of the river that nobody listens to anymore. And they had fired me by the end of June. June 24th, 2016. Not that I'm holding a grudge or anything. Um, so this would have had to have been in the spring of 2016. I've got two clips here from uh, the radio show I did roughly around that time. Let's see, what do I got? I got Trump 1, Trump 2. I don't remember what they are exactly, so we'll just roll with it. This is New Radio 92.7. Don Trump is about to be the president of the United States. He's going to be. As far as if you're asking me, I think it's done. This has shifted from the Republican Party being a disaster to now the D Democratic Party is a disaster. Bernie Sanders fans, Bernie Sanders followers, Bernie Sanders allegiance hate Hillary Clinton. And the thought of Don Trump being president over her somehow makes sense to them. Bernie Sanders is destroying <laughs> what we knew of the Democratic Party, and Don Trump is destroying of what we knew of the Republican Party. So Don Trump's about to be president, and it's the best thing that could possibly happen to the liberal, progressive, Democratic-minded person. That was almost five years ago now. I don't know that I deep down truly, really believe that. At the time, I do think I was trying to be a little of a contrarian, but I, I I know that there was a part of me that thought that this is very, very possible based on the evidence that is continuing to build amongst the electorate and the rhetoric that I have now in, in, in the last couple of years and certainly in the last six months or so has spent more time researching the power of rhetoric, which I'm going to read a, a portion of a, of a new piece from today from uh, Jennifer uh, Mercia, I think is her name. I've done I've played plenty of audio from her before. She's a professor of, of rhetoric. But I was starting to see the writing on the wall, and I truly thought there was a chance. I don't know that I felt that boldly, but I made it sound like that anyway. One more here for you. Don Trump can tell you all these things. I'm going to tear up Obamacare the day I get into the first day I walk into office. Do you even understand what legislation is? Do you even understand how government works? It doesn't work that way. You can fool all the dullards out there, but that's not how this works. Pay attention. If you can stop thinking about, if you can start thinking about 10 years from now as opposed to 10 minutes from now, some of this stuff starts to make sense. So Don Trump's about to be president, and it's the best thing that could possibly happen to the liberal, progressive, democratic-minded person. Because when that happens, it's going to be a disaster. I'm 36 years old right now. If this mess happens like I'm predicting after Don Trump is president in 2017, and it all goes to hell, somebody's going to come out of the woodwork, and, and the Democrats are going to come back in masses. Because if the Democrats voted, if every Democrat in this country actually voted, the Republicans would never hold another seat again. The problem is these damn Democrats have them don't, don't vote. So Don Trump is going to be president, and that's the best thing that could have happened for the liberal, progressive, Democrat-minded, leaning, left-leaning person. Because I'll be 48 years old 
when the next time a Republican has a chance to be president, if Don Trump is elected, which he will be. Don Trump, January 2017, will be your commander-in-chief. Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. That was four or five-ish, four and a half-ish years ago. On that crappy radio station on the other side of the river that no one listens to anymore, this is Nuga Radio 92.7, the station that everybody listens to, the Stone On Air radio show pod simulcast. All right, I just got a few minutes here. I'm going to read this for you real quick. Her name is Jennifer Mercia. This is from a piece called Goodbye Trump from ZoCalPublicSquare.org. It's just a blog opinion piece, and I really like her work. Trump read the rhetorical landscape better than anyone else during the 2016 election. He saw that the nation's crisis levels of distrust, polarization, and frustration made Americans vulnerable to demagoguery. So Trump used rhetorical strategies like ad homium attacks, threats, and conspiracy theory to attack our public sphere, attacking America. Those strategies are authoritarian. Trump's rhetoric is a kind of force. It's based on authoritarian compliance gaining rather than a democratic persuasion. Like an authoritarian P.T. Barnum, as Barnum and Bailey Circus, a con man who used hyperbole to profit off of our curiosity, Trump has used stagecraft, suspense, and outrage to keep us all engaged and on tilt, and thus to dominate our public sphere. No small feat in an attention economy like ours. The showman's rhetorical strategy is sleight of hand. Part of Trump's success was that he dominated the conversation by saying things so outrageous that we could not look away and had to respond. It's no surprise that almost exactly a year before Trump's first news conference as president-elect, he told Chuck Todd on Meet the Press that he enjoyed being compared to P.T. Barnum. Quote, we need P.T. Barnum a little bit, Trump said, because we, we have to build up the image of our country. Yet while Trump wanted our attention, he did not want our scrutiny. Like any showman or other dangerous demagogue, Trump didn't want to be held accountable for his words or actions. He didn't want us to examine his rhetoric or his folders too carefully. Trump would trivialize concerns about his rhetoric as mere, quote, political correctness or women trying to control how men speak or unimportant. Of course, he would also say, I have the best words. And it goes on from there. I don't need to think about my president every day. I don't need to cheerlead for the president of the United States every day. I don't need to be worried about the next social media interaction of what my president says. It's exhausting and it's unnecessary. But I honestly do appreciate the tenor, the tone, and the temperament of Don Trump last night when he conceded the 2020 presidential election, and I appreciate that from him. I just wish there was more of it over the course of the last four years. This is Nuka Radio 92.7. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone On Air pod simulcast, and a UTC Mox football coach is out because he has no self-control. More on that next. Stone On Air. Radio 92.7. Yesterday, Chris Malone, a UTC football coach, posted a tweet regarding Stacey Abrams. That tweet was hateful, hurtful, and untrue. Coach Malone is no longer a part of this university. University faculty and staff are expected to lead in a way that achieves and maintains a respectful and tolerant civil campus environment. The University of Tennessee at Chattanooga does not tolerate 
and unequivocally condemns discrimination and hatred in all forms. Thank you. Welcome back in. This is Peter Gabriel. The song is called No Self-Control. Never heard it before tonight. Or today. I'm so hungry all the time. I don't know how to stop. That was UGC Chancellor Steve Engel. Chris Malone has been relieved of his duties of offensive line coach for the UTC football mocks. I'll spend the majority of this final segment on Nuga Radio 92.7 talking about the lack of self-control overall with adults on social media. It is really, really disappointing, very disappointing that people still can't figure this out. Want to thank the Hemp House for being a part of the show for the last several months. Hope to be able to keep that relationship going into the new year. That is not my department. I just put together radio shows and podcasts and try to do my best to be interesting and informative and entertaining as much as I can. Sometimes I do a better job than others. And I appreciate you guys and gals listening to this show and podcast for all this time. And Dwayne and Casey run the Hemp House. They have three locations. One in North Shore on Tremont Street, one in Ultawa, right by the Food City, and one just down the street from the radio station and not too far down from where I live on South Seminole at the center of the universe here on Ringgold Road. They'll uh, they'll take care of all your CBD needs, edibles, tinctures, balms, topicals, the whole whole deal. They got stuff for the pets as well. I have friends that uh, vouch for that very, very much over and over again, and uh, they do good work. Hemp House Chat with two Ts.com. 771-H-E-M-P is how you can get a hold of Dwayne and Casey at the Hemp House. Before I get into um, the tweet from the now former Mox football coach, I do want to just real quick let you know about my uh, COVID testing and my well-being and where I'm at right now. My name is Brian Stone. Thank you for being here. I, um, I am basically over it. I still have a little bit of sluggishness in me. But um, I tested positive for COVID earlier this week. I knew I was going to. It just t- it was frustratingly long to get a test that worked. I went to Walgreens to do my first one, and it was a self-administered. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and clearly I didn't do it right. So I sat around for a couple of days waiting on results that were inconclusive. Well, I did what I should have done all along, and that was go to the testing site at Alstom, the old Alstom property downtown on Riverside Drive, which I knew was a thing, but I just... I, I didn't I didn't want to mess with more people than I had to. And I was just irritated by this whole situation all the way around. But I went there after my inconclusive test at Walgreens, and it is it is a pretty much a breeze. I mean, it's it's a long line. A lot of people are needing to get tested for lots of different reasons, whether it's just their curiosity or for work purposes. That's what mine's all about. I gotta get my ass back into work. Haven't been to work in nine, ten days. But it was a pretty long line, but it moved pretty damn swiftly. And the uh, the healthcare professionals there, they were very good, very um, good spirits. They were not, you would think that they had every reason to be so damn overwhelmed and irritated. They could be uh, short, potentially, maybe not all that pleasant. My experience, of course, it's just anecdotal to me. Maybe there was 10 a-holes before me. I don't know. But um, she was as uh, as easy to deal with as possible. And once I got to the testing area in and out in no time all the information i needed to find the results and i got the results back in right at 24 hours 24 hours 
That is pretty impressive. And that is all taxpayer funded and taken care of. And you should, you, you should do it. I think, I think everybody should do it. Just at least get an idea where they're at, especially if you feel like you've been, uh, if you've come into contact with anybody with it, it took me about an hour, about an hour. Now I don't have anything to go on on. I don't have to go to work because I knew that I was sick and I knew that I would test positive because I've been around people who had test positive. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. I get it. If you don't normal situations, I wouldn't either and wouldn't take my own advice that I'm giving you now. So if you choose to ignore it, trust me, I don't blame you. All right. Um, on to this coach. Let's see. I pulled it up here on my phone. Working from home is kind of annoying. Um, the now-fired UTC football coach earlier this week sent out a tweet that says, Congratulations to the state of Georgia and Fat Albert Stacey Abrams because you have truly shown America the true works of cheating in an election. Again, enjoy the buffet, big girl. You earned it. Hope the money was good. Still not governor. Obviously a pretty disgusting tweet. Once upon a time, would that kind of stuff get you fired? I guess probably not. But we don't live in once upon a time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, adults of all ages, adult children of all ages. We don't live in once upon a time. We live in the now. We live in the new normal, if you will. The new world order of social media is real life. It's real life. It didn't used to be. It didn't used to be real life until all you jerks came in and infiltrated it and made it real life. I have been on social media longer than anybody listening to this radio show or podcast, the Stone On Air radio show on Nougat Radio 92.7. I have been on social media at least as long as you, but most likely longer than anybody listening to this because you're either too old to be on longer than me or you're too young to be on longer than me. This thing was in its infancy when I was 21, 22 years old, from Friendster to MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to everything in between. And it used to be a place that we went to get away from the real life and real world and authoritative figures and, and parents and old people. We were able to have our own little community. And then Zuckerberg and Facebook all of a sudden turned it into this worldwide platform. And by about 2012 or so, probably in the last eight years, maybe even a little less than that, maybe six, seven, eight years Basically, whenever smartphones became in virtually everyone's hands, social media turned into an extension of real life. It's another be careful what you wish for. You might get it. And the fact that adults still cannot come to terms with that. They can't come to grips with, with what they say, what they put on social media is an extension of you. And you don't have to like it. Nobody has to like it. That's fine. It's a voluntary exercise. Don't like it, don't be involved. Because here's the real bottom line for just about anybody listening to this and anybody who might come in contact with me anytime soon, and I'm included. Nobody cares what you have to say. Nobody cares. It rounds down to nobody. There's about three people in your friends list that care what you think about the election. There's 10 people who might actually technically pretend to have fake outrage and get offended by something you put on Twitter. Generally speaking, nobody cares about anything you have to say on social media, 
but somebody is always still watching. And some of you and us and others have positions of occupation or boards we might or might not sit in or uh, community activities we might be involved in that don't want that kind of mess in their good life and you will get fired and nobody will care. So it's not that anybody cares what coach, what's his name from formerly of the UTC Mox football said. Nobody cares except for they don't want that representing their brand. And I get it and I support it 100%. If this radio station doesn't like what I say, they can throw me out of here without even asking twice. If my day job doesn't like what I say, say I, I, I'm disparaging about the brands we sell on social media. Well, guess what? Take a hike, you stupid SOB. No, you don't have to like it. You can also get your dumb ass off of social media if you have no self-control. It is pathetic. It is embarrassing. And for years, I'd give most adults a pass. But those days have long gone. It was about 2015 when I finally realized that posting like real strong thoughts on social media was just a really bad idea. It's just not a good look. It doesn't usually work out. And damn it, I'm an adult and I have self-control and I can keep from doing this. I'm not a child. Uh, I want something now. I can't, I, can't stop, I can't stop being mad on Facebook, which we've seen ad nauseum from adult children for the last week and a half. We're in such a polarized political State. I don't know why anybody thinks they're going to get anything accomplished today by putting out a strong statement about the president or the president-elect or this or that. and blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Would you just go away? Just go away. I get no enjoyment out of it, and it's the most liberating thing of my life was to finally realize it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Nobody cares. Luckily, I have an outlet, a podcast, and a radio show if I do want to do this. But social media... Man, stop. Stop doing it. Stop looking foolish. Stop looking like a child. Liberate yourself. It's so freeing. It's that monkey gets off your back. You don't have you're not weighed down by that pressure that you think that anybody has to hear what you thought about what happened on Monday. Nobody cares what you think about what happened on Monday. Use social media for the great things that it can bring. Friendships, memories, reminiscing. Self-promotion if you need to. That's why I do it. Well, Brian, why are you there? Self-promotion. I got a radio show and a podcast. I want people to listen to it. But that's the thing. You choose to listen to the things that I do. And if you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. But luckily, thousands of people do. And I appreciate that very, very much. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone On Air radio show pod simulcast on Nuga Radio 92.7. Putting the raps on the show. Keon Rose coming up next. Getting ready for a huge super wild card weekend. We got three NFL playoff games tomorrow, three more on Sunday. I'll take that. I can handle that. If I'm going to be stuck indoors once again, might as well watch some ball all weekend long. And then the national championship, of course, is on Monday. So plenty to talk about with Keon next. Hopefully, I'll be back in studio with you live on Monday. Love you to death. Have a great one. See you later. Bye.